Follow the show at Locked On Fins. You can find my work at a myriad of places like the Palm Beach Post, FanRag Sports, ThirdAndTen.com, and of course, LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network, the Ryan Tannehill passing chart up live right now. And the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast, for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And since the podcast gets recorded on Tuesday nights, I do not yet have an injury report for you. Let's go ahead and get right into the podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Up first on the docket, as I do the Tuesday GIF dump, showing you guys the defensive plays from Sunday's game. And the most important thing I noticed was the fact that Matt Burke had a fantastic plan in place to defeat the Cincinnati Bengals team. He had a great plan to hem Andy Dalton in the pocket, collapse the interior of that pocket with pressure, and he did it with A-gap pressure looks. They would either bail out or come. Defensive back blitzes. Lots of variety for the defensive ends, including stunts, as well as playing in a two-point stance with a running start to initiate a bull rush on the Bengal guards, and it worked. They bracketed A.J. Green a lot in the game, but it's that damn third down defense that continues to prove troublesome for this defense. AJ Green had a big ga- a big gainer on the Bengals one touchdown drive where he should have been bracketed out of there entirely and taken care of, but because Xavier Howard and TJ McDonald get lost in the coverage, Xavier Howard has this kind of bad habit when he shuts a play down, but the play is extended by the quarterback where he slows down before it's over because he's excellent in coverage and then he kind of gives up. And that happened on two plays in this game. This one was a big, big costly one for him. So he needs to finish the play to the whistle. That was one of the issues on defense. The other big one was the, the Joe Mixon touchdown catch. First, Charles Harris gets home clean. He has to make that sack. That is an easy tackle for a defensive end and he has to make that one. And then you look at Kiko in coverage, which is never our favorite thing to see. And he gets completely lost, can't get his head around. That ball was a prayer thrown by Andy Dalton. That was bad Andy Dalton coming to the surface. Should have been a pick. Instead, it goes for six and the Bengals are right back into the game. This game was just so frustrating because there were about five or six of those plays on either side of the ball that if Miami makes just one of them and none of those were really asking a lot from any certain player, they make just one of those plays. They're four and one. We're all stoked on this team right now, but instead we're three and two. The Bears are coming in a three game losing streak on the line. And before we get to Lauren Cox of the Locked On Bears podcast, let's run through some of these individual performances, starting with the offense rapid fire style. Ryan Tannehill, a very bad game for him. You all know how that went folded under the pressure definitely took his fair share of hits but he can be better about making decisions and being more aggressive within the offense Laramie Tunzel was excellent I don't know how he got hurt but he left the game and things fell apart Ted Larson was an absolute tire fire both against the run and with pressuring the quarterback Travis Swanson was fantastic in this game did a great job in both aspects of the game Jesse Davis ran some pulling plays as a guard coming across the formation and the Dolphins ran more power in the running game. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of Jesse Davis as a puller, the trait that I loved of his last year in December late in the season. Nick O'Leary played a pretty good game at tight end, his first one up with the Dolphins. Receivers now, Jakeem Grant, a little bit sloppy on a route or two, especially the one that could have been picked off. He needs to do a better job of coming back across the face of the cornerback. Danny Amendola, I thought, was open a lot in this game, and he makes some really good catches in traffic for Ryan Tannehill. Kenny Stills, a bit up and down. Some really nice reps where he turned around defensive backs, but he also plays that clear out role so much, it's tough to evaluate his routes as a whole. And Albert Wilson, fantastic after the catch once again. Hopefully he and Jakeem Grant continue to get more involved in this offense. I love the variety in the running game. They had power inside, outside zone, some traps, some wham, some belly, 
tons of stuff in the running game that haven't we haven't seen in previous games before. So good plan on the offense for some parts, but for the most part, play calling not great and just lack of execution by the quarterback and the offensive line really killed them in this game. On defense, Devon Godshaw and Vincent Taylor continued to impress both against double teams. In this game as pass rushers, they really got the job done in both aspects. Charles Harris had his best game as a Dolphin, in my opinion. A good job closing that edge. Fantastic hustle. Good work against the run. But he needs to finish these sacks, and maybe we can start seeing him start to have an impact on the game more. Robert Quinn bent the edge all day long. He looked fantastic, just not quite getting home in time. He is very, very close, though. Raquan McMillan, I thought his best game as a Dolphin. He is showing more aptitude for learning both the run in the pass or playing both the run in the pass and being responsible for two different roles at once. He played the run fantastic in this game. Kiko Alonso, not his best showing. He gets the interception, but he was bad in coverage and not fantastic against the run either. Jerome Baker was terrific in this game. And I think his speed is going to be an asset this Dolphins defense uses and continues to unfold more as the season goes along. He was terrific in this game once again. Minka Fitzpatrick, not his best game, but I thought he did play well. Rashad Jones was back and as good as always. And TJ McDonald, some really poor angles, some really poor decisions, especially that late hit on CJ Uzama, the tight end for the Bengals. So plenty of good, plenty of bad to take from this game. But nonetheless, let's breathe, turn the page, and we'll do that next with Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears. But first, a word from my bookie. You watch all the games, right? You know who's going to win. Well, if you think you do know who's going to win, check out my bookie. Because remember, it's not about who you're betting on. It's about who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie, the best bet you'll make all season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie where you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And since MyBookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best possible customer service, if you're willing to deposit your money after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when using promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. One word, locked on. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account for $1,000 in free play money. And if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., get that extra $25 free play by using promo code locked on 25. Again, locked on 25 for an extra 25 bucks at MyBookie where you play, you win, you get paid. And joining the podcast now is the Locked On Bears host, Lauren Cox. Lauren, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm happy to be on with you and previewing another uh, exciting matchup, I'm sure. Yeah, these crossover podcasts are always a good time. And I I spend time watching the film myself and kind of going over the snap counts and the pro football reference data, pro football focus, all that stuff. But I feel like you don't get a good feel for a team unless you talk to someone who, like myself, spends every waking moment studying that team and talking about that team. So that's where you come in, Lauren. And the first thing I want to ask you about here is you guys enter this game with a different level of excitement than Dolphins fans currently and probably a different level of excitement that Bears fans have had in quite a long time. Though I do think these teams might be a little more similar than we realize. So I wanted to ask you, what is the expectation coming out of Bear Nation into this game? Do they expect a total blowout? I don't know about quite a total blowout, but I don't think you'll find many Bears fans concerned about a loss. You know, I, I think, you know, the, the reasonable fan will 
you know, understand it's going to be not, you know, a walk in the park. And I think you'd probably be expecting a, a touchdown-ish victory from the majority of Bears fans. There's a lot of confidence in this Bears defense and not necessarily a lot of confidence in what Adam Gase and, and Dal Loggins are going to do for the Miami offense that the Bears are, are pretty well familiar with. And then the story of the season for the Bears is just, can the Bears offense do enough to keep up with what its defense does for it. And after their big explosive performance against the Buccaneers two weeks ago, before their bye week, there's there's a lot of confidence surrounding this team. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you, I'm sure that Tampa Bay performance really shifted things because I watched that Arizona game that you guys had and you won late against Josh Rosen there, but it seemed like the offense was pretty stuck in the mud up until that Tampa Bay game. But let's go ahead and, and talk about the rest of the offense first because we're going to talk about Trubisky here in a second. But if you guys are going to run the Dolphins out of the building, you're going to have to have a strong offensive performance because this Miami defense has been pretty good in its own right. So I wanted to ask you, we know about all the names, but who is really the engine that's driving the Bears offense right now as far as the skill set goes? You know, the engine is really Matt Nagy, the head coach, and the scheme, which maybe isn't quite the answer you were looking for, but that was the difference and, and the key really against the Buccaneers was coming back to a lot of similar passing concepts that attacked some of the weaknesses in the Buccaneers defense, and the Buccaneers defense really failed to adjust on the whole, but we kind of saw last week Matt Nagy step back a little bit, slow things down a little bit for Trubisky, put fewer things on his plate, and, and kind of just you know, doll up the same concepts to make it look a little different for the defense, but have it be simplified for the offense and for this quarterback. So, I mean, it, it's been a very scheme-based success. But as far as individual performers, we've kind of seen Tariq Cohen emerge as that go-to all-around threat. He kind of usurped Jordan Howard a little bit last week as sort of the primary running back, but the, the head coach kind of insists that that's not always going to be the case, and it's going to be a game-by-game game and a matchup-by-matchup standpoint to say, okay, when can Tariq Cohen's speed be the difference maker for us, and when do we need Jordan Howard to pound it through the tackles? So the running back situation is very hot right now, but that still seems to be kind of the strength of their offense and, and where they'd like to keep going. Outside of Tyreek Hill, I think George, or, uh, Tariq Cohen and, and Jakeem Grant are two of the most electrifying short guys in the league, so that'll be a fun watch up to, to, to keep an eye on there. But you talked about Matt Nagy and the offense and how they were able to kind of simplify things in that Buccaneers game. And that's what worries me because this Dolphins offense is doing so little that I think you guys can probably have that same approach. But what about this quarterback so far who I don't even think he has 16 starts to his name yet. He's kind of coming along slowly. How do you feel about Trubisky and where is he at at this point in his career? So the Buccaneers game was actually start number 16. So it's officially a season worth of starts for him. And it was a very disappointing beginning of the year with the Packers, Seahawks and Cardinals games before that Buccaneers game. He's a guy that has struggled incredibly against the blitz when, you know, when they put a lot of defensive players right on the line of scrimmage, showing that pass rush, you see him get hurried. You see him rush his throws and the mechanics pretty well go out the window and he makes a lot of mistakes. But for some reason, Tampa Bay didn't do that at all much. I mean, I think they blitzed him legitimately six times out of 30 pass attempts last week. And, you know, he, he seems to be getting more confident. And when he has time to throw, like he did against Tampa Bay, he can, he can read his defenders, and he can deliver on-target and accurate throws downfield. The Bears have weapons around him, but everyone's kind of waiting to see, you know, now, is that Tampa Bay game uh, a step forward, or was it kind of just a flash in the pan here? Because if... You know, if the if the Miami Dolphins can start getting some pressure on him, maybe start blitzing him a little bit more and take away some of the quicker throws and, and not allow for some of these bigger plays to get his confidence going, it, it, you wonder, 
where Trubisky might end up regressing to from where he was against Tampa Bay. But for the most part, the Bears offense has moved the ball well between the 20s, and it's when they get in the red zone that they've had some struggles in previous weeks. Again, red zone issues weren't an issue against Tampa Bay, but that's something I'd be looking for the Dolphins defense to try and step up on and kind of get Trubisky back to maybe his struggles when he's inside the 20. That's really interesting because the Dolphins, for as many red zone possessions as they allow, they allow the fewest points per red zone possession in the NFL. So that's a good matchup to keep an eye on there. And you mentioned the Dolphins getting pressure on Mitch Trubisky. Let's talk about what the Bears can do to this Dolphins offensive line that, let's say, is not healthy. And I've heard a lot about how Khalil Mack is going to own Sam Young, who came in for Laramie Tunzel last game. And just, let's, let's face it, Sam Young blew that game all on his own. But I'm curious to ask you, Lauren, because people are saying, oh, Khalil Mack against Sam Young. That's not the matchup that's going to happen because Khalil Mack comes off the left side of the edge, whereas Sam Young plays the right side as far as the defense is concerned. So who else is getting to the quarterback and how are they doing it? Is it one-on-one wins inside, outside? Are they blitzing? Just tell me about Vic Fangio and what he's done to get pressure on the quarterback outside of Khalil Mack. Yeah, so Fangio is not a, a heavy blitzing defensive coordinator. He'll run a he'll blitz a lot in like passing situations and certainly like third and long. But I, I think compared to league average, he is well below that. And Mack will move over to that right side against the left tackle some. You know, I think for the majority of the time you're going to see him versus the right tackle on that left side of the defense. We're starting to see a little bit more of that rotation last week against the Buccaneers, kind of as things got better and better. But I, I think the your number two pass rusher on this team right now is Akeem Hicks and the in tight on the interior. And he is, again, more of a, a left side of the defense type pass rusher going up against the right guard. He's been getting a lot of favorable matchups there because so much attention goes right next to him. You know, a lot of times the right guard will go help the right tackle, you know, and try and put two people on Cleo Mack. So that usually would leave Hicks with a center trying to come over and block him. And sometimes he can get, you know, a, a first step on him there on the interior and just kind of cause some havoc there. We haven't really seen Leonard Floyd produce anything as a pass rusher to this point this season he is dealing with some broken bones in his hand so he's had to wear a club so not really uh you know there's there's some injury excuse there for him but Aaron Lynch kind of comes in as the rotational outside linebacker he's had some success and it just kind of seems like when Khalil Mack is taking the attention one of the other guys is pretty consistently able to win and sometimes Khalil Mack will literally run through three blockers like he did against Arizona. It was a running back, a right tackle, and a right guard. <laughs> Split the double team, ran around the running back, and got to the quarterback. Every once in a while, there's just nothing you can do yeah. against him. And when you do do something against him, they've been finding ways to not only get pressure, but also just maintain the pocket to the point where even when they're not getting to the quarterback, they're containing him and not allowing him to scramble and, and extend plays very much. I laugh because it's always fun to watch a player that is so dominant, even at the professional level, that they just, sometimes there's just nothing you can do to stop them. And that's what makes teams really fun to watch outside of your own team, in my opinion. So that's why I think the Bears are one of my favorite teams to watch this year. But you talk about that front seven, the pressure they create. What about the back end of the defense? We know Prince Amukamara is kind of having this career resurgence back there, but Miami has this speed offense that hasn't really taken off at all yet. They don't have a lot of height. How are the Bears going to deal with that speed and, and take advantage of the Dolphins' undersized receivers? So Prince Mukamara is coming off of, I think, a hamstring injury. And, you know, recording this here earlier in the week, we haven't gotten to see much of practice injury reports yet, but I know he was limited when they kind of did a, a walkthrough on Tuesday. So it's unclear exactly if he'll be ready to go even after the bye week off, but he's much more the physical cornerback up on the line of scrimmage. His replacement is an undrafted rookie free agent, Kevin Tolliver, the second 
out of LSU, who, you know, is an undrafted rookie free agent. So right. he's he's got some vulnerabilities, but more or less did about as well as you could expect for a player in his position. Another long physical cornerback, but it has some some clear weaknesses there that might be able to be beaten with speed. You know, opposite him, Kyle Fuller has had a pretty solid year, and the safety in the middle, Eddie Jackson, is really having a little bit of a breakout performance, really kind of roaming that middle of the field and, and taking away some of those deep balls if they're not put in there with some nice velocity. But if you're logging it, he's got the range to go up and, and make a play on the ball. So we've seen the secondary be able to be a lot more aggressive because of the pass rush. They know that after a certain amount of time, the ball just has to come out because they know the pass rush is going to close in. So they haven't been afraid to get a little bit physical at the stem and, and maybe potentially bite on some double moves if if they're going to try and make double moves because they're confident that the pass rush won't give the quarterback enough time for those longer developing routes downfield. So you're, you're going to see an aggressive Bears secondary, and if they can keep Tannehill protected and extend a couple of those plays, you might see some some potential speed threats be able to get open down the field. But if anything, I, I would look for more horizontal type plays and, and creating yards after the catch rather than trying to beat them so much over the top. Yeah, protecting Tannehill might be a big, big issue this week. But all right, Lauren, I know it's only Wednesday. We have a lot more to get to before we find out what these teams are going to roll out on Sunday. But let's hear your prediction for this game. You know, I I think the Bears are going to win just because this this defense is really something else. And I, you know, I thought the Bears would lose to the Buccaneers last week. So my uh, my predicting skills were not on par. I thought the Buccaneers offense would get more going. But especially with this Dolphins offensive line struggling, sometimes it can just be as simple as that pass rush versus that offensive line. So, you know, I'm I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout or anything, but I'll put the Bears at like Bears 24 Dolphins 20 and it'll they'll keep it close but ultimately the Bears finish out on top again he is Lauren Cox the host of the Locked on Bears podcast we do these crossover podcasts every Wednesday they're always fantastic you can find him on Twitter at Cox Sports One and again the Locked on Bears podcast Lauren thanks again for doing this man hey appreciate you having me on and there he goes. That was Lauren Cox of the Locked On Bears podcast. We'll talk more about this game tomorrow as well as in the next segment. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. And as the Dolphins return home for a two-game homestand, you can find your way to Hard Rock Stadium with Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last a lifetime. Whether it's a night out at the theater or seeing your favorite band in concert or checking out our Miami Dolphins, with Vivid Seats you can attend that concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. At Vivid Seats, you can sort by price or look for the seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON, one word, LOCKEDON, for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, promo code LOCKEDON, 20 bucks off orders of $200 or more for new customers of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. 
the third and final segment of the Wednesday crossover edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We chatted with Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears as the Dolphins gear up for a week six matchup at home against the Chicago Bears, a game they're going to have to win just to get the fan base back on their side. And just given the Dolphins home and road splits, you think they have a chance in this one if Laramie Tunzel plays. And I talked about it in that interview. But if he were to not play, how do the Dolphins mitigate that problem and still try to find a way to get a W, to get to 4-2, and two, and get into that game against the Lions with a chance to go into Houston at 5-2, and two, which I think would get everybody back on board. And I talked to my buddy Kevin Dern, a friend of the podcast. You guys probably know who he is by now. We talked about the idea of finding a way to mitigate Laramie Tunzel's loss, and his idea was calling up Zach Stirrup to play left tackle because he's better at left tackle than Sam Young though I did think Stirrup played really, really poorly in that Week 17 game last year against the Buffalo Bills in the U-Haul game, so to speak. But Kevin and I were texting, and he mentioned calling up Stirrup, starting him and using Sam Young as a big tight end, and with how many unbalanced plays we saw on Sunday, I think that's a really plausible and smart idea for Adam Gaze and this offense. Nonetheless, Miami is going to have their hands full with this Bears team. We're going to preview that game more in-depth on tomorrow's show, but definitely keep an eye on that Prince Amuka Mara bit that Lauren Cox told us about on the crossover section of the podcast with that hamstring issue that could be a problem in the heat in Miami if he can't go and undrafted free agent plays and behind him Miami has a chance to attack there I also think Miami can continue their interception streak of two picks a game against Mitch Trubisky because he is good for several really really bad throws a game the guy misses a lot of layups and the Dolphins tend to kill quarterbacks like that so Guys, I'm pissed. I'm really, really pissed off because Miami should definitely be 4-1 right now. But if you can tell by my tone, I see positives that can get us back into the winner's circle here very shortly. And yeah, maybe Tannehill is a quarterback. You have to mask a little bit in certain areas of the game. But we would have been 4-1 with him playing about as bad as you can expect him to play. He's usually a pretty high floor guy, and I'm sure he'll turn it on soon and elevate his game back into that 10 to 15 best quarterback in the league range that he does every single year. But these poor starts are why he's not that quarterback every single year. But if he does get to that level, Dolphins have a great chance to get back into the postseason. That would be two out of three years in the postseason, something I would not complain one bit about. Yeah, we might have to replace him in a year or two with someone better that can elevate the offense in the way that Patrick Mahomes did for the Chiefs. But nonetheless, he's the guy right here right now. We're going to have to be used to him playing quarterback for this team because there really aren't any upgrades out there available. Unless you like certain players in this draft, I don't like him as much. And I just don't think you replace the quarterback just to replace him. You need to have a plan in place for finding someone better. But as I continue to meander here on this podcast and get way out ahead of myself, we're going to look at the Bears game on tomorrow's podcast. But as for this podcast, that is my time. I'll play you guys out with another fitting song on the podcast here as I tell you guys to please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that rating. Leave us that review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, the show at Locked On Fins, and keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. Be back with you tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.